This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany, and it's just us this week. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. That was kind of Mickey Mouse like. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's really cute. It's because we're happy. We're surrounded by popcorn. Popcorn everywhere. Popcorn. Because it's hump day. <laughs> we, we just had a discussion about our dance. So she um, showed somebody. And I got that's what that's you do. what you do. It's fine. This is why we don't show you guys. This is, like we said, this is why we have a podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, yes, it's hump day. It's also episode 65. Yeah. And the topic is horror movies based on true stories. Yeah. And what Ooh. better hump day treat for a horror movie episode than a popcorn bar? Hell yes. And so, oh my goodness. It's delightful, y'all. We already ate some. Uh, yeah, I'm really liking all this. Um, where did you get it from? So I ordered this thing on Amazon. Okay. And it's called Colonel Seasons. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even pay attention to the name. It's <laughs> They're in these cute little bitty bottles. It, it came was in a like variety a, a, pack. Yeah, it's really cute. And little teeny tiny shaker bottles. And so we are only trying five of them, but it came with six, seven, eight. It came with eight of them. So we're trying the ranch, the bacon cheddar, the caramel corn, the nacho cheese, and the white cheddar. Yeah, they had butter, jalapeno cheddar, and kettle, kettle corn. corn. We didn't. We know were those. like, eh, yeah. we're, we're out on the jalapenos. Mm-hmm. So and butter and we kettle corn were. We kettle know what that tastes like. like. It's fine. So this is awesome, and also um, just for shits and gigs, <laughs> we're drinking. Mike's Hard Strawberry Lemonade. So, here it's we go. It's a really good way to wash it down, though. Yeah, I'm here for it. It makes me think of high school. Definitely. <laughs> In high school, I was Zima with Jolly Ranchers, though. <laughs> they don't even make Zima anymore. <laughs> I know. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Horrible hangover. Horrible. Because it's sugar alcohol. Oh, my it's God. It's sugar and alcohol. Malt. It was, it was like... Just Malt like this, liquor. it's just yeah, sugar and it alcohol. so bad, yeah. Just like what we're drinking now. Yeah, it's fine. I don't care. I'm a grown-up. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can buy cake on a Thursday if we want to. We had that discussion. Yeah, yesterday. we did. Because our uh, favorite bakery, well, is it, we have so many favorite We have ones. too many favorite bakeries. But, okay, one of. Our favorite healthy bakery. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Mm-hmm. They have the Chantilly cakes right now. Oh, it's my favorite cake in the whole entire world. Y'all just send me cakes. It's it's birthday time. <laughs> it is birthday time. Um, we have mine and ooh, then yours. Yours is All like Monday. When this comes out, this it'll, comes be out it'll be Monday. Monday. Yeah. This following Monday. And then mine will be the next, I don't even know what day my birthday's on. We'll be 22 and 23. 22 and 23. Mm-hmm. We're a week apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Let's not talk about scary things just no, yet. Not Let's yet. Let's talk later. about um, Sense, going, baby. Let's well, talk about Well, I wasn't going there, me. but okay. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say go to the socials. Yeah, go to the socials. <laughs> Ignore me. Um, go to Facebook and Instagram to see all the photos that we're talking about and some um, events and shit. Shenanigans. We had a really good time on the spooky trail. We did. It was... Um, it was my first my first haunted trail. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. We got dirty. We got we had to crawl. That was the thing. To be fair, they gave us an option. They said, "Do you want to go on the chicken shit side or do you want to crawl through?" And I'm yeah. like, "Well, I'm not a chicken shit, so I'm crawling yeah. through." It was mattresses. We were crawling through a tunnel of mattresses, and it's in the woods. There was dirt lying in my face. They were damp. They were. It was. <laughs> they were it was humid. They were damp. It was not okay. Um, but we made it through. There was chainsaw wielding crazies and lots of jump scares, spooky girls, mm-hmm. aliens, 
Oh, the alien thing was really super cool. Devil's Knot. Do more of that because I wanted to stay in there and play. And the chainsaw dude chased me into laying out. We could have had a rave. We totally could have had a rave. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. Make that bigger. Um, We had pictures with a vampire. Amanda got in trouble a lot. I was laughing. (laughs) She was not allowed to laugh. And I wasn't properly moving my hair out of the way, you know, to be bitten. Well, I didn't understand what he was telling you to do. We were both looking at each other like, what? And so I kind of moved my hair a little bit. And he looked at me and like flipped his head like I was supposed to flip my hair out of the way. Yeah. So we went to go bite her neck and I started laughing and then he (laughs) glared at me. Yeah. She kept getting shushed a lot. I can't help myself. He was doing a really nervous good laughter, job. Nervous laughter. Nervous <laughs> laughter. I was like, I don't know what to do. But to those of you that came out for mm-hmm. our first event, we really appreciate that. It was so much fun. It really was. There's there's photos. Yeah, we got pics. Mm-hmm. Pics with the peeps. Pics with the mm-hmm. peeps. And what else? We got another event coming up. The PJ Party. It's an online event you can mm-hmm. do from the comfort mm-hmm. of your living room in, in your, your very PJs. own Halloween PJs. And y'all can post pics on the event. We'll be going live in the event yep. when it starts. Um, yep. It's all through Facebook. And we'll be able to communicate with each other so we can do the AMAs. And y'all can post pics in the event page of your own you know, Halloween slumber parties if you want. Yep. Oh, yeah, please do. That mm-hmm. would be so cool. And go ahead oh, and uh, mark that you're interested in the event so y'all can weigh in on what we watch and some of the snacks that we have and, you know. And you, movie ideas, please. Yes. Cocktails. Different we do, things. We do have one movie. Yeah. We do have one official movie. So I've been revisiting the 90s uh, horror genre and so, yes, the best. I watched Scream, and I watched uh, The Craft. I always watch The Craft. Yeah. Um, what was the other movie? Oh, I know what you did last summer. Oh, it was like, yeah, I yeah, kept wanting to yeah. say Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be. <laughs> I mean, I never hey, Um Anyways, <laughs> so I watched that, and I had some suggestions to watch The Faculty, which I forgot how much I love that. Mm. Oh, I came across Urban Legends. Do you remember that? Yes. So I'm going through this whole thing and Amanda's like, you need to watch Jennifer's body. Well, I've never seen that. So that's going to be one of our slumber party movies. So I'm so excited. I love that movie so much. So any suggestions? We're totes open. Also, one more thing before we get started. So a listener of ours made some uh, cups for us. We we had her fix us up something and told her to just kind of surprise us. Yeah. And the first couple people that showed up at the Devil's Knot, you guys own these. They um, got free cups. Yeah. First official merch. So we'll post some pictures. Um, They're super cute. Of these little canteens that uh, Shannon made for us. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Shannon. With William's Expressions. Yes. Go check her out on Facebook. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. She does all the things. All the things. Cups, t-shirts, jewelry, keychains. The the possibilities are endless. And she's yeah. really good. So, And she's a supporter of the podcast. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. And um, that's all I got. Yeah. We may make those for purchase in the future. Yeah. We have plans. We have plans. There's plans. Mm-hmm. What do you have planned for us tonight? Ha <laughs> Nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. So since we're doing horror movies based on true stories, Mm -hmm. there's a lot to choose from. Yeah. So I decided to do something a little off kilter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm totally here for it. So were you guys aware that The Hills Have Eyes was based on a true story? No. And now I've seen that movie several times and I am not okay knowing that that (laughs) any of that was real. Let me tell you. Let me tell you all about it. Okay. Here we go, friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here we go, friends. (laughs) (laughs) Crisscross applesauce. Everybody get on the carpet. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's one of the most iconic horror settings of all time. Horror, not whore. Um. And one that can still make travelers feel uneasy when remembering. Yeah. A dusty, uncomfortable stretch of desert surrounded by rocky, unforgiving hillside terrain with only animals as company. Yep. It's a great setting. <laughs> it's Toad gorgeous. Scared. It's sunset, though. <laughs> Not going to be there. 
So I won't be able to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) In Wes Craven's 1977 classic, The Hills Have Eyes, we see the ordinary suburban Carter family preyed upon by a wild clan of cannibals after their trailer breaks down in the Nevada desert. So I have a picture of the movie poster for the original. Nice. It says, original. Oh, how about that? So, oh, I remember that, dude. Full disclosure. I have never seen the original. Mm. But I know this dude Uh (laughs) from Devil's Rejects. Yes. (laughs) And every time I see his picture anywhere, all I can think of is, ain't no chicken fucker balls. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I see every time. He has a very distinctive face, okay? Yes, and he's he's fabulous. He's fabulous. Yes, he is. But... That's where my brain goes every time I see his face. <laughs> I ain't no chicken fuck a ball. Well, it will for me now, too. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> so as they are picked off and brutalized in various horrifying ways, the remaining Carters are forced to fight. Yeah. Although they follow the same narrative, family dynamics, and themes, the two versions do vary. The 2006 version turns the guts and gore up a notch while giving us a different sort of villainous pack to contend with. So I have a picture of the movie poster from the remake. Yeah. Which is probably the, the one, one I most, remember. Yeah, most of you guys know. Oh, that poor girl. It says the lucky ones die first on the movie poster. So true. So true. Mm. Oh. In the original movie, Papa Jupiter is sent out into the wilderness as a boy by his father, Fred having burned his home and sister. We never hear Jupiter's version of the events, and by the time we meet him, he is a more feral creature than man. Yeah. Jupiter's strength, size, and physical appearance are attributed to a mixture of a mysterious genetic mutation, violence, parental rejection, and psychological issues. Out in the wilderness, Jupiter builds a ferocious feral family in his image far away from societal norm. They carry his blood, his cruel appetites, and his complete disregard for the law and order of human civilization. Great. Yeah. (laughs) The remake takes this origin story in a different and arguably more eerie direction with the feral family having been cruelly forced from society and into the mines and crumbling ghost town they call home. Yeah. The physical differences of the family are this time attributed to nuclear testings at a mining town. Testings that were later covered up by the U.S. government. As they do. Yeah, because wasn't it like in a crater Mm -hmm. or something like that? Okay. Yeah. The true origin story of The Hills Have Eyes date back to long before concerns over nuclear testing. Although the fear and fascination with social outsiders was just as strong. The story was drawn from the tale of Alexander Sawney Bean, the diabolical (laughs) head of a cannibalistic family who supposedly terrorized doomed travelers in the 16th century Scotland. Okay. So we finna go old school. Wow. Mm -hmm. And over the pond. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Okay. Accounts of Bean's life vary with the first emerging decades after his supposed death by execution. Some historians have expressed doubt that he ever existed in the first place, while others believe the story is rooted in truth, but has become exaggerated somewhat over the years. Either way, the story of Bean's bloodthirsty lawlessness has continued to inspire storytellers over the centuries. The ultimate tale of the horror a civilized person could encounter should they stray from the proper path. As the story goes, Bean was born in East Lothian and raised by a father who worked as a ditch digger and hedge trimmer. All right. That's two totes different things. Yeah. (laughs) But okay. Okay. He initially attempted to follow his father into the honest family trades. However, much like Jupiter from the original movie, it quickly became apparent that he had a darker destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Bean fell for a local witch, Black Agnes Douglas. What's wrong with that? I wasn't saying anything wrong, but we we don't like Black Agnes. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. She's a bad witch. A bad witch. Mm-hmm. She was a woman who shared his bloody nature and taste for human flesh. That's the rest of that sentence. Oh, oh. Well, if I would shut my mouth. (laughs) We don't like Black Agnes. No, I don't like her anymore. That's. They made a home together in a cave by the Galloway coast, far away from the orderly world they had left behind. So if you go to the notes, I have a picture of the actual cave of Sawny Bean. Please tell me they have a sign that says, home sweet home. I'm going to guess if they do, it's not made out of wood. Bones. It's made out of bones and skin. (laughs) 
And they wrote it in blood. Mm-hmm. Home sweet home. Yeah. So this is the actual cave in Scotland that is claimed to be the home of the Sawney Bean clan is what they're called. Okay. That like they do tours can and shit. Can you go inside? Yeah, oh, okay. they do tours and shit. You can go in there. Uh, tours ruin stuff. You're in Scotland. Who cares? True. True. They don't that give a shit. Tour guide is going to speak with a Scottish accent and it's mm. it's going to be nice. I hope it lasts a really long time. <laughs> That's just- what she said. <laughs> <laughs> we can just drink and listen to him talk. So we're going to Scotland? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hello, Harry and Potter. Ireland. <laughs> and Ireland. I want to go to Ireland. Ooh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Anyway, add that to the list. The exact number of children and grandchildren who were raised in the cave differs, but it's widely understood they would eventually have 14 kids who would then what? go on to create 22 grandchildren through incest. Holy shit, they were busy. What else were they going to do? <laughs> good point. <laughs> That's disgusting. Very good point. But, um... Who else were they going to do? There you go. Who? Who is the question? It's not okay. (sighs) Much like the family in the films, the Bean Clan (laughs) would would sustain themselves on the bodies of poor, unsuspecting travelers who were unfortunate enough to stumble within their hunting ground. It's not funny that they eat people. It's It's funny that they're called the Bean Clan. (laughs) (laughs) Just to clarify that. <laughs> Not laughing at cannibalism. Not at all. Laughing at bean. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that? Are we clear? <laughs> bean is funny. Cannibalism is not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that we're all on the same page. Great. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Creeping out of their cave at night, the family would capture people and bring them back to their home. <gasps> Here, they would dismember their victims before pickling, salting, and feasting upon their body parts. Yeah. So, I found a drawing. Oh, okay. Of Sonny Bean. Oh, my God. I am here for this drawing. <laughs> There's no way to know if that's what this dude actually looks like, but let's assess the situation here. Why is he? He's got a sword. He's got a sword, so it must be him. And um, What is that? He looks angry. Oh, those, yeah, those are guns in his belt. I'm pretty sure he's he, got guns He looks shit. a little perturbed. Mm-hmm. Oh, it could be the army behind him battling. Um, They're I'm, making too much noise. Yeah. He's just trying to have a peaceful dinner. Shit's about to go down for real. Why the fuck is the woman doing all the leg lifting? Over there? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, those have to be heavy, and she's just... <laughs> because it's the 16th century, so she needs to get her ass in the kitchen and cook them legs. While he poses with the sword. <laughs> While he angrily poses with his weapons. <laughs> and then, you know, there's just dead bodies everywhere. Yeah. Uh, well, there's one dead body, but, you know. It's hitting the floor. Ha! <laughs> the bodies of the floor. Such a good song. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's sorry, that picture. I just had to, like, that's the closest depiction I can get a Sawney Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, I can't. <laughs> I, I, have n- I haven't read this out loud. I just read it to myself, and now every time I say Bean, it's a thing. Okay. You got a close-up picture of Sawney Bean? <laughs> There's your beautiful bean footage. <laughs> oh, my God. We're canceled. Everybody just canceled us. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god. Okay. We're grown ups. We we're professionals. We, we got this. We got this. <clears throat> People from nearby villages would occasionally find the gruesome remnants of these family dinners washing up on the shore. Mm. For a quarter of a century, they were able to get away with it. A quarter of a fucking century. Leftovers. <laughs> Strange disappearances were blamed on local innkeepers or vicious animals. Um, another article said that the road was haunted, and so ghosts were making them disappear. Sure. The legend goes that the family murdered and devoured a thousand human beings during this time, a figure that has been disputed by historians. Men, women, and children were dragged into that cave and never came out. As the years went on, there were more and more bellies to fill. It's unclear (laughs) whether there were any children who felt remorse like Ruby did in the film. 
There's a rumor, though, that one of Sonny Bean's daughters left the clan and lived as a regular member of the local town before her history was discovered and she was hanged. Yeah, they had like 36 people. Yeah. A literal fucking that's, that's litter a, of kids. <laughs> <laughs> Litters. That's like a bunny rabbit li- litter. It, it's what is bad. A, what is a litter of bunnies? Anyways, that. If you know that, if you know what a litter of bunnies is it's, called, tell it's us. It's that. Yeah. <laughs> One can only imagine the hierarchies, rituals, and bonds that shaped life in the cave. Those in the surrounding area gradually came to realize that something was seriously wrong. The Bean mm-hmm. Clan's eventual <laughs> undoing would be thanks to a local fair. Oh, good. The roads were particularly busy that night, and when they were unable to subdue a man on his horse, passersby saw and came to help. Visual searches had no results. Some of the bloodhounds sent by the king's men managed to detect the scent of decaying flesh from a local cave. Not knowing what to expect, the soldiers entered the cave with swords drawn. The walls were decorated with discarded bones of arms and legs of numerous victims. In one part of the cave, they found jewelry. Piles of bones stripped clean of flesh. Damn. Outnumbered by ten to one, the entire family could only resist for so long. The king personally marched every single member all the way to Edinburgh. Oh, I know that place. I know that place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. The whole world knows that place. <laughs> the, the crimes of Sonny Bean and his family were so notorious that a trial was not even considered. Instead, the whole family was declared guilty as charged and sentenced to death. All 21 women were burned at the stake, and 27 men were subjected to the same torments as their victims. All limbs were amputated and left to bleed out. The women were forced to watch this before they burned. Shit was brutal. It wasn't haunted. It is now. Don't piss off the king is what I'm reading from that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Don't eat the king's people. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, he's not playing around. Mm Mm-mm. He took care of the Bean Clan. He's totally not pro cannibalism. <laughs> I'm going to say that's a hard no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unlike the traditional Sonny Bean story, The Hills Have Eyes doesn't end with the clan being wiped from the face of the earth. Nope. We don't see a safe and final return to civilization. In both movies, we leave the Carters exposed and visible in the dry heat of the desert, the feeling of unseen eyes persisting even after their fight for survival. The Sonny Bean story will no doubt continue to shift, perhaps for centuries to come. Oh my God, that was so good. <laughs> so, it may or may not be true. Huh? But it's definitely true that that story is where Wes Craven got the idea for The Hills Have Eyes. I'm here for it either way. Yeah. I choose to believe that that story is true. Because who makes I... that shit up? You can't make that shit up. They got that from somewhere. I mean, that's what I was, you took my words. Give me back myself for a second. (laughs) It came from somewhere. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Y'all think all these scary movies are like, oh my God, where do these people come up with this stuff? They must have some extremely creative writers. Now, boo, mm -mm, it happened. Mm -hmm. They heard it somewhere. I mean, they, they, of course, they embellish on the facts and stuff to make it entertaining. But yeah, no, it happened somewhere. Somehow. Mm -hmm. It was, it was there. Okay. It's your turn. It's my turn. And just remember, you did it to yourself. I did it to myself. So I don't know if you get asked this question, but I have since we've started this. People have asked me, what is like the worst possible case that you've heard? <clears throat> this it. This, this is it the, this for, is it. for both of us, I believe. Um, I think we need another drink for this. So I am going to issue a trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a, a couple, a few, just the whole, the whole entire thing. But look, I'm doing this one because yes, it's the worst, but it's not like a real common popular one because it is so bad. People don't like to talk about this. People don't like to talk about it, but, uh, it's, I feel it's significant. Mm-hmm. I mean, popcorn. Yep. Let's eat popcorn and. Talk about gruesome disgustingness. I don't even know what to limit the trigger warning to. I I, I don't need <laughs> label everything. Everything. Child abuse, sexual abuse, psychological abuse. Uh-huh. All the abuses. All all the abuses. Um. Okay. 
So my case is about Sylvia Likens. Here we go. You don't know, you about to. Mm -hmm. Most people don't know that the movie and the book, The Girl Next Door, and the film, An American Crime, are based on a true story. I have seen the movie The Girl Next Door. I did not know it existed until about a year ago. I've never seen it. I don't want to. I came across it on a late night Netflix search. Mm -hmm. You know, just looking for random stuff to watch. And I was like, oh, okay. So I clicked on it. And then I saw the description. I was like, holy shit, I know this case. So I watched it. The movie Mm. is, um, they did, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good job. They, they, they were accurate. accurate. They were extremely accurate. There you go. Extremely. So if you're curious, check it out. Okay. Anywho, while an American crime sticks to the facts of the case, Jack Ketchum's The Girl Next Door is a fictionalized version of the true story. The story is that of Sylvia Likens, who in 1965 was brutally tortured, mutilated, and humiliated for months by the hands of her caregiver in Indianapolis, Indiana. I have a photo of Sylvia. Sweet baby precious Sylvia. With her little curly bangs. Aww. She is so adorable. Yep. Precious. Precious little girl. What happened to her was nothing short of a travesty, an atrocity, a true crime against humanity. The human mind can be so depraved, devious, and sadistic. It's no wonder Jack Ketchum used the real-life backdrop of the white picket fence, small-town American street in his novel to drive his point. The reason that no one wants to know about it, see it, or hear about it is because it's just too disturbing. And here I am to tell you all about it. I love your note. and <laughs> Awkward grin here, because that's what I was doing when I typed it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you see, back then, it was okay to spank your, your kids. Mm-hmm. It still is in some places, but only under the term punishment or discipline. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to smack your kid on the tush for trying to run out in the middle of traffic, right? Like, that's a no-no. Mm-hmm. But that's not what we're talking about here. This wasn't even her child. We're talking about people who are so mentally disturbed and evil that they take out all the bad things in their life on others. Normally children, and in this case, Sylvia. Mm. A little bit of background. Um, Sylvia's parents were both carnival workers and were on the road more often than not. They struggled to make ends meet as her father, Lester, had only an eighth grade education and a total of five children to care for. Keep it in your pants, Lester. Yep. You know what causes that, sir? Mm -hmm. Even in eighth grade, you learn that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sylvia's sister, Jenny, was quiet and withdrawn with a limp from polio. I have a photo of Jenny. Okay. She's sweet baby precious, too. Mm -hmm. You can definitely tell their sister. Oh, yeah. Definitely related. She's so cute, though. I love her little grin. Like, hey. Sylvia. Go ahead. Yeah. Crack open another cold one. Yeah. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stop laughing. I reckon. <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> Okay. Sylvia was more confident and went by the nickname Cookie. That's cute. I know. I and know somebody <laughs> that goes by Cookie. Do you really? Laura. That's so cute. Call her Cookie. <laughs> I like Hi, Cookie. Laura, just in case you're listening. I had a dog named Cookie. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute too, boo boo. <laughs> she ran away. <laughs> I don't know what to do with you sometimes. <laughs> she, she had enough of my shit. <laughs> and she, she didn't left. want to wear any more baby doll clothes <laughs> and be pushed around in a stroller. He was she out. <laughs> so anyway, she was described as pretty, though she had a missing front tooth. Why that's a part of the description makes a difference. I don't know, but I left it in there because it pissed me off. Mm-hmm. I even said, what the fuck is your point? <laughs> In July 1965, Lester decided to take up with the carnival again while his wife was jailed for shoplifting that summer. Oh, no. 
Sylvia's brothers, Danny and Benny, went to, into the care of their grandparents. With um, few other options, Sylvia and Jenny were sent to stay with a family friend named Gertrude Benazuski. Fucking Gertrude. Fucking Gertrude. Let's go look at a photo of Gertrude. Okay. This is not a kind looking woman. Nope. Why you would choose to leave your kids with somebody that has dead eyes and the look of anger always. I don't, I don't know. Uh, like it said, they had few options. So Diana, which is the oldest sister, mm -hmm. she was in college. And so she was off like, I think she was staying with relatives or something like that. Mm -hmm. Off doing that. Um, the grandparents could only handle the two brothers. Mm -hmm. So they had nowhere else for them to go. Yeah. So they ended up with Gertie. That's so sad. Very. Like, I can't imagine living that kind of life. Mm -mm. I don't know. It, some, for some people it works. For some people it doesn't. Yeah. Gertrude was every bit as poor as the Lycans and had seven of her own kids to support in her rundown home. She made little cash by charging her neighbors a few dollars to iron their laundry. She already um, had been through multiple divorces some of which resulted in physical abuse against her and dealt with a crippling depression through heavy doses of prescription drugs. Okay. So there's an idea. She was a drinker, too. Okay. She was in no condition to take care of two teenage girls. The Lycans, though, didn't think they had any other choice. Lester cryptically requested that Gertrude straighten his daughters out, quote, unquote, when he placed them in her care for $20 a week. Okay. For the first two weeks at the Banzuskis, Sylvia and her sister were treated kindly enough, though Gertrude's oldest daughter, 17-year-old Paula, let's just say there was some serious mean girling going on. Mm-hmm. Then, to set fire to a flame one week, their father's payment came in late. Okay. I have a photo of Paula. Okay. At the time. There's Paula. She got a dead look on her face, too. Yeah. She matches her mom. Yeah, they have the same mouth. Mm-hmm. And, um... That permanent frown mouth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They have a lot of the same features. That made old Gertie even more madder. Mm-hmm. She got pissed at Sylvia and Jenny and yelled at them um, that she had been taking care of those two bitches for nothing. That was a quote. Mm-hmm. She grabbed Sylvia by the arm, dragged her into her room, and closed the door. Jenny could only sit outside the door and listen to her sister... Get screamed at and screaming. The money arrived the following day, but it was too late. The torture had already begun. Okay. So, here we go. Trigger, trigger, warning, alarm, all that. Gertrude soon began to abuse both Sylvia and Jenny in broad daylight. She wasn't very big, kind of a tiny thing, but Gertrude used a heavy paddle and thick leather belt from one of her husbands who had been a cop. Oh, gosh. When she was too exhausted or too weak to discipline the girls herself, Paula stepped in to take her place. Of course she did. Sylvia, however, soon became the focus of the abuse. A little ironic, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't like her to begin with. So um, I came up with a new word for Paula. Because I was like, she's a fucking skanky cunt. She's oh, a I hate that word. I know, but now a skunt. It, it's still bad. I don't like it. Well... Well, she's a skunt. Uh, so say it again, Amanda. <laughs> you don't have to say it. Uh, Y'all can say it. It's fun. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and I applaud how clever you were. I like it. <laughs> I still hate that word. <laughs> okay. Okay. <sighs> Gertrude demanded that Jenny join in. Either that or she could take her sister's place. So okay. she was threatened. Mm-hmm. Gertrude accused Sylvia of stealing from her and burned the girl's fingertips. She took her to a church function and force-fed her free hot dogs until she was sick. And then as punishment for throwing them up, she forced her to eat it. Mm-mm, mm-mm. She allowed her children, she actually encouraged her children, to partake in the abuse of Sylvia and her sister. The Banaszewski kids practiced karate on Sylvia slammed her into walls and onto the floor. They used her skin as an ashtray, threw her downstairs, and cut open her skin and rubbed salt mm -mm. into her wounds. 
After this, she would often be cleansed in a scalding hot bath. Gertrude gave sermons on the evils of sexual immortality while Paula stomped on Sylvia's private region. Mm-mm. I, I, I can't say the actual word, so private region is what you get. Mm-hmm. It's too awful. Paula, who herself was pregnant, accused Sylvia of being pregnant as well and mutilated to and mutilated her genitals. Gertrude's 12-year-old son, John Jr., delighted in forcing the girl to lick his youngest sibling's soiled diapers clean. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. She was forced to mm-hmm. she was forced to strip naked and shove an empty Coca-Cola bottle into herself while the children watched. She was beaten so badly and was unable to use the bathroom voluntarily. At 16, one night, she wet her mattress, and Gertrude decided that she was no longer fit to live with the rest of the kiddos and locked her in the basement without food or access to a bathroom. Okay. Gertrude spread every story she could imaginable to get the local kids to join in on the beatings. She told her daughter that Sylvia had called her a whore. Paula. hmm Okay. And got her daughter's friends to come over and beat her up for it. She told her own children that Sylvia was a prostitute. Then she had this kid, uh, Ricky Hobbs, a neighborhood boy, and her 11-year-old daughter, Marie, carved the words, I'm a prostitute and proud of it, into her abdomen with a heated needle. Mm. This is up to you. There are photos. Okay. I have them. Um, oh, that's awful. That's mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And there's a reason we have photos. And there's also a photo of fucking Ricky. Okay. I'm getting a drink. He's wearing the glasses already. He's wearing the glasses. And he's got that creepy... Mm-hmm. I bet he didn't. it didn't take a lot of convincing. No, I don't think... Anybody that would actually do that. Yeah. There's something there already. There's, mm-hmm. It's already there. At one point, Sylvia's older sister, Diana, attempted to see the girls under Gertrude's care, but was turned away at the door. Jenny later reported how Diana actually snuck food into the basement because they said that they were hungry. Mm-hmm. They did. They were able to tell her that. So she snuck some food in, but that was all she was able to do. Mm-hmm. A neighbor had also reported the incidents to a public health nurse who, upon entering the home and not seeing Sylvia because she was locked in the freaking basement, concluded that nothing was wrong. Gertrude had also managed to convince the nurse that she had kicked the Lycan girls out. Okay. Other next-door neighbors allegedly were aware of how Sylvia was abused. See something? Fucking say something. Mm Mm-hmm. They had seen Paula strike the girl in the Banaszewski home on two separate occasions, but claimed not to report the abuse because they feared their own lives. I don't give it. Yeah. Anonymous. Yep. Jenny was threatened, bullied, and beaten by the Banaszewskis and neighbor girls alike should she go to the authorities. So, she was getting not as bad, but... Yeah. The abuse of Sylvia continued unhindered, in fact, aided by all those around her. This bitch, Gertrude, had the whole freaking neighborhood coming over to abuse this kid. For fun. Like, after school activities. It's insane. And she would just sit back and encourage it. Like, that's a special brand of fucked up right Yes, it is. To encourage kids to behave in that way. Absolutely. And she would sit there and watch. Yeah. Like, Mm -mm. and when we say kids, I'm talking like middle school, high school kids. Okay? They're old enough to know. So, <laughs> all right. There is a quote from Sylvia from her sister, Jenny. She said, um, I'm going to die. She told her sister three days before she actually did. She said she could tell. Gertrude could tell too. And so she forced Sylvia to write a note in which she told her parents that she had run away. Mm. Sylvia was also forced to write that she'd met up with a group of boys and given them sexual favors. And afterward, they'd beaten her and mutilated her body. Shortly after this, Sylvia overheard Gertrude tell her children that she was going to take her to the forest and leave her there to die. A desperate Sylvia attempted one final escape. She did manage to get out the front door, but Gertrude caught her. Sylvia was so weak from her injuries that she couldn't have gotten very far. 
With the assistance of a neighborhood boy named Coy Hubbard, Gertrude beat Sylvia with a curtain rod until she fell unconscious. Then when she came back to, Gertrude beat her so severely for the last time, causing traumatic brain hemorrhage. Okay. Sylvia was dead by October 26, 1965, from that injury, as well as shock and malnutrition. After three months of torture and starvation, she could no longer form intelligible words and could barely move her limbs. Oh, my God. I have a photo of her body. Okay. Oh, you poor baby. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, the, um, the actual photos are not for the week. Mm-mm. I don't know. The, this is another questionable one, but they are very accessible on Google. All you have to do is click, type her name and click images. Yeah. They're there. So it doesn't even look like her. Mm-mm. You can tell she was beaten pretty bad. Oh, yeah. When the police came, Gertrude stuck with her cover story. Sylvia had been out with boys in the woods, she told them, and they'd beaten her to death and carved that phrase into her body. Mm-hmm. Jenny, though, took her chance. As soon as she could get close enough to a police officer, she whispered, get me out of here and I'll tell you everything. Yes, Jenny. Good girl. The police arrested Gertrude, Paula, Stephanie, and John Benizuski, Richard Hobbs, and Coy Hubbard for murder. Good. Neighborhood participants like Mike Monroe, Randy Lepper, Darlene McGuire, Judy Duke, and Anna Sisko were also arrested for injury to person. Good. Got all them bitches. Good. And yeah, I read your names. Mm-hmm. These miners would blame Gertrude for being pressured to partake in the slaughter of Sylvia. Okay. Whatever. I have a photo of when Paula and Gertrude were arrested. All right. I'm here for this ship. Yep. Let's go to Gertrude first. Oh, my gosh. Um, Ricky's actually behind her. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh-huh. She She does not look well. No, she looks like... A cartoon. Yeah, she does not look well. Zombie creature Mm -hmm. something. She need I mean, she needed help too. There's no excuse for what she did, but But you can tell. That woman's crying. Mm Mm-hmm. And why is Paula smiling? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Paula. Why is she smiling? She's definitely smiling. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I have the anger. I have the anger. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Mm. Okay, just tell me more horrible things. Well, there's some parts that might piss you off. Okay. Because they piss me off. All right. Gertrude herself pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. Mm. She's not responsible, her defense attorney told the court, because she's not all there. That's not an excuse. Nope. There were several more children involved who proved just too young to be charged. Mm. Ultimately, though, on uh, May 19th, 1966, Gertrude was convicted of first-degree murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. She was spared the death penalty despite her own lawyer, her own lawyer, admitting, in my opinion, she ought to go to the electric chair. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Paula, who had given birth to a daughter during the trial, was convicted of second-degree murder, who was also sentenced to life imprisonment. Richard Hobbs, Coy Hubbard, and John Jr. were all convicted of manslaughter and given two, like, two to 21-year prison sentences. Two of them. Okay. 2 to 21. This is odd. Yeah. Based on the fact that they were all minors, the three boys were all paroled just two years later in 1968. Oh my gosh. Yep. Yep. Gertrude spent 20 years behind bars. There was no question about her guilt. The autopsy backed up everything Jenny told the police. Of course it did. She died slowly and painfully over several months. In 1971, both Gertrude and Paula were retried to the result that Gertrude was again found guilty. Mm-hmm. Paula pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of voluntary manslaughter and was sentenced to uh, 2 to 21 years. Fuck off. Yeah. She once even managed to escape despite being recaptured. Okay. After about eight years behind bars, Paula was released and she moved to Iowa where she changed her name and became a teacher's aide. Oh, the outrage around that. Hold on. I had forgotten about that. Hold on. Mm-hmm. She was suspended from her position when, in 2012, an anonymous caller tipped off the school that Paula was once convicted of the death of Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Gertrude was granted parole on good behavior on December 4th, 1985. 
Jenny and a whole crowd of people picketed outside the prison to protest her release, but it was no use, and she was set free. Mm -hmm. The only relief Jenny received came five years after Gertrude's release when the murderess died of lung cancer. Well, some good news. You get what you get. Yep. Karma. Mm -hmm. But Jenny said that's good news. She wrote to her mother with a copy of the woman's obituary, Damel Gertrude died. Ha, ha, ha. I am happy about that. Me too, Jenny. Me too. Yep. Jenny never did blame her parents for what happened to her sister. My mom was a really good mom, Jenny has said. All she did was trust Gertrude. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. I know. That's so, sad. so a little bit about the movie and the book. The Girl Next Door did feature the girl's torture and suffering prominently, but there's at least one difference in real life. There, in the movie, there's this kid named David mm-hmm. that's brought in to torture her, but he actually like takes pity on her and tries to... Loosen her restraints and give her ways to escape or sneak her food and stuff like that. There was no yeah. David. Okay. Probably placed in there, you know, to make it like have a <laughs> I don't lessen know. the blow. Lessen the blow. That that's but that's um really the only difference. And in the movie, like the woman was her aunt instead. I mean, not that it really makes a difference. Yeah. She's still an awful human being. I don't care what she was to her. Right. Well, that was just fucking awful, Amanda. I'm sorry. I know. You cannot congratulate me on that one or say that it was good in any way. Um, I hate this story, but Mm -hmm. I appreciate the fact that people are still talking about what happened to poor Sylvia and hopes that maybe more people, if they see something, will say something. Because look what could happen if you don't. Yeah. It's not going to hurt anything. So, better safe than sorry. Well, that was terrible. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. Um, is there a way to lighten this mood at all? No. No. <laughs> well, yeah, what, maybe. What, what's, the, what's, what's in the Haunted Places book? Let's, I can let's spooky see. for you. Yeah. I can do some spooky. At least a distraction. This one is um, pretty short and sweet. Okay. But Toad's here for it. All right. This week's story is on the Edgar Allan Poe house. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yes. In the early morning hours of September 27th, 1849, Edgar Allan Poe left Richmond, Virginia on a steamer heading to Baltimore. He wasn't seen again until nearly a week later when he was found delirious, probably drunk, and wearing someone else's clothes in a Baltimore tavern. (laughs) Hospitalized, the great writer raved repeatedly, shouting someone's name, until on October 7th, he muttered, Lord, help my poor soul, and died. Now a museum, the Edgar Allan Poe House on Baltimore's Amity Street, is where the writer lived in the early 1830s. It is, locals say, haunted, but not by Poe's poor soul. Some have seen the spirit of a stout old woman dressed in clothing of the early 1800s. Who is it, Lenore? No, it's not Lenore. She wasn't no stout old woman. But maybe... Angel Lenore. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> Lenore was his love. She wouldn't be a stout old woman. She would be beautiful. Why can't a stout old woman be beautiful? I don't know. I'm 22. I don't, can't relate to a stout old woman. <laughs> okay. Here's some more of the story. <laughs> Others have reported visitations of a specter known as Mr. Eddie. Doors and windows open and shut when no one is there. Visitors sometime fi- sometimes feel persistent tapping on their shoulders. And a neighbor has seen candle-like lights bobbing in the museum after closing time. Okay. Poe's ghost has been seen in the town's port area, (gasps) Fells Point, where the writer seems to have wandered during his final days. A spirit affectionately named Edgar is said to prowl the Horse You Came In On Saloon, (laughs) Baltimore's oldest pub. I am here for that. Let's go there. Oh my God, can we please go to that? The Horse You Came In On Saloon. I'm here for that. Yes. And beginning in 1949, a mysterious person known as the Phantom Toaster toasted the writer with a glass of cognac at his grave every January 19th, Poe's birthday, leaving behind the unfinished brandy bottle and three red roses. 
But after vanishing in 2009, the toaster, thought to be, quote, the raven, nevermore, ah. until a new toaster reignited the tradition in 2016. Oh, let's go be toasters. I want to be a toaster. I want to be a toaster. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's that. And it uh, shows a lovely picture of Edgar Allan Poe's headstone. It doesn't show the house, which I Aww. think is um, lame. Lame. But it says, Oren C. Painter erected this marker in 1913 to commemorate Poe's original burial place in the Westminster Hall burying ground and catacombs in Baltimore. Lots of words. Yeah. So, Edgar Allan Poe House. Shit's haunted. And we're going to the horse you came in on saloon in Baltimore. In January. Yeah. So we can be toasters. <laughs> Can we p- be toasted toasters? Yes. Okay. For sure. <laughs> Is there any other way? Mm-mm. Okay, so that was a wonderfully horrible episode. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it was it, it was good. But it's one that needs to be told. Yes. And you just don't hear it. And there it. it is. There you go. And so um go watch the movies if you want to watch the movies. It's worth it. I have mixed feelings, but I'm probably going to end up watching it. The Girl Next Door. Yeah. And The Hills Have Eyes. If you haven't seen that, go watch that. For sure. And don't forget to click that you're interested in the slumber party and help us decide, um, you know, what kind of shit's going to go down. And to tune in. It'll remind you to tune in. Yeah, you get to come hang out with us. Mm-hmm. Hang out with us live on the Facebook. Come sit with us. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be wearing pink. No, we're going to be Halloween. Not that day. <laughs> we'll be Halloweenies. Halloweenish. <laughs> Halloweenish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's no editing to a live video. So just throwing that out there. And we will be drinking. Yeah. We're always drinking. We're always drinking. And yeah, Facebook, Instagram, la dee da. That's all I got. I don't have a lot of words anymore. No, I'm done. It. All the words are done. Okay. I got one left. Okay, what you got? Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. Don't forget to visit us on Facebook and Instagram for episode picks and announcements. Please rate and review on Apple, Spotify, and Facebook. We want to give a huge shout out to Stephen Goetzke for editing, Greg Weaver for music, and our very own Amanda Hagens for art. I'll catch you next week.